Scaring is sharing. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's scaring is sharing. It's the place where we share our scares. Hello. I'm Jeremy Rusk. I'm Brandy Joe. And with us today, we have a special guest, Mr. Lego Horror Videos, Lucas James. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. It is awesome to have you. We've been talking about it since one of our very first episodes. I mean, this is episode 10. Hip, hip, hooray. We're 10 episodes in, but we've been talking about it for a while. So I'm so glad to finally have you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to put faces to the, uh, to the voices in my, for, my, for my videos. <laughs> so yes. you have this awesome Lego horror series called Killer Clown. And Jeremy I and I both were voices in it, which was mm -hmm. super fun. It was a blast. Multiple characters, too. Indeed, indeed. So tell, like, tell us a little bit first about Killer Clown, because it was awesome. There were eight amazing episodes. The first season is wrapped. What inspired Killer, Killer Clown? I actually bought the, uh, the minifigure from eBay, because I was doing, um, I played a video game called Dead by Daylight, and um, there's a clown in it, and I really wanted to do the, the photo for it, for my page. And um, I was just on eBay looking for a clown and I found it. And then when he came, I was doing the photo. I was, this whole, this, 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 I, this random idea of a killer clown just came to me and I was like, it just ran at me and I had to pen it down. I was writing on my phone while doing my little photo for my page. And it just, it just expanded from there. And then I just started writing and writing. I started filming it like there, I think it, maybe about two days later, I started filming it. And then I finished like the first episode and then, like the second and then I originally wrote them as like a movie and a sequel so like from episode six when I had like when my character had like the the the, the bad arm and stuff in the hospital it was meant to be like the sequel but when I when I edit that when I edit edit on my phone it slows down the animation so when I watch it, it like it drops around so then it skips a few like photos so I'm like oh what goes there what goes there so it slows it down so I just thought I'd make a little series and then it kind of went from there then and I just kind of ex expanded it and then I changed a few things because it was meant to be like a few weeks later. So I thought, no, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just put it as a long, long, long run, about eight, eight or nine episodes. It was about nine, I think. And then I was talking just to, to uh, the girl who played Lucy, which is Mary Graves. She's amazing. And um, I was, and I was just like, I, was, I think, I'll, I think I'll end it here. And she agreed because there was a, there was more to it, but it was a bit, it, it was a bit too much. And I thought, no, well, maybe we'll save that. And then uh, if I do another series, then uh, we'll, we'll leave it for there. Very cool. And you sort of used your community on Instagram at any rate. And you sort of like said, hey, who wants to be a part of this? Which is how I reached out to you. And then I sort of dragged Jeremy and Sarah in and said, hey, do you guys want to do this? And you got a lot of your voices through your Instagram account, right? I did. And I, I got to be fair, though, I think I got a lot of them from you as well. So thank you again. <laughs> you got a lot of people for me. So I was just putting posts up and my page was still growing at the time because uh, I've had my page for about two years, I think. And I just, only this year, I've really started to put my passion into it and really start to like, try to make like a community from it and like a little, um, like a little follower. And I'd be like, oh, I just want, I just wanted, to, I just wanted all the followers, but like a little, like a little horror community, you know? And it was uh, like the Lego and horror. And it's, it's, it's been fun to see like a lot of, there's not a lot of Lego horror pages, but it's, there's a few out there and it's fun. To, it is fun to see them. And 
yeah, I had to put a post up and I was like, I need some voices. And um, I, I, but I was gaining followers as I was, I was posting and um, I was just finding new people and other people who were into like acting and they like Mary Gray, she does like her own characters and stuff and her own things. And I was like, I have, I have to ask her. And uh, yeah, just, and then you, you obviously got me a few, a few people as well. So that was really cool. Yes. Friend of the podcast, Nico, he voiced on there as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. It, it, it's funny too how like as soon as it, uh, as we're learning by doing a podcast, if you're into horror, as soon as you do a thing and put it out there, like it just attracts people and all of a sudden you're like this community is really like rabid just yes. for like other people like you and as soon, suddenly you're making friends all over the yeah, internet. It's it, yeah, it's crazy. It, it's, it's crazy. Cool. It is super cool. And I love it. And I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I didn't know what I was expecting. I just I just thought, hey, I'll get, I'll get, gather everyone together, and because uh, I didn't want to just do like, like um, that's why I, I wanted as many people. I didn't really, I did, I did use some of the same people for different characters, which was fine. I did want as, I wanted, as, I just wanted to get as many people as I could, see if I could, and I did. <laughs> well, we, we, well, I'll say we did, because, because uh, again, like I said, you got me a lot of people. We did it. We did it, guys. No. And the, the, the 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 response was crazy and i wasn't expecting i uploaded my first video and it was like i think it was like i don't want to over oversee it i think it was like maybe 200 views in maybe in like a, a couple of days it could have been a week but it was a lot and i was like whoa and people were like oh i really like this this is cool when's the next episode coming out and i was like oh it's gonna be a saturday release and then the people just started saying like we, we want i can't wait for the next episode i really enjoyed it and or oh, oh, my kids love this and my kids love watching this and that was like i was like whoa i was like thank you i was like it, it was it meant it means a lot to me yeah, it was really cool because we had begun talking through Instagram and everything. And then my friend Chris, who knows nothing of you, sends me one of your videos. And he's like, oh, my God, have you seen this? And I remember like sending it to him like, my friend sent me this. He sent me your stuff. And that's just so cool. That's how like cool and full circle the horror community is. It's just yeah. like everyone's very supportive and ex excited for one another and their yeah. like creative adventures. Yes. So I sort of jumped the shark just because I was so excited. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Give us just the, the little 30-second bio. Uh, I'm Lucas James. <laughs> uh, I'm from Wales, United Kingdom. I've always loved Lego and I've always loved horror. So I just mashed them into one. And uh, there we go. That's my 10-second bio. <laughs> 15 seconds, maybe. <laughs> yep, you did it quick. Um, when was the first time that you melded the two in some sort of like artistic form as, a, as opposed to just, you know, playing with the Legos by your, by your lonesome? It was actually last year for Christmas. My mum got me a Jason minifigure. And I, I completely like, like, I kind of like forgot a little bit about Lego, I guess. It just, it just, it just, I was just doing other things and I completely forgot they did horror minifigures and she got me one for Christmas and I was like, oh. My, obs my obsession just came smashing like like you know final destination when she gets hit by the bus it was kind of like that it just came <laughs> crashing right back to me and um i thought i'm gonna have to get um i bought chucky then straight away and i think it was freddy and then i did order a ghost face but he he came from china so he took like two months to come which was weird because i've got other stuff from china it took like a couple of weeks but that one took two months so um but as soon as that came the chucky when i started doing like chucky videos and like just random little 10 it went from a 10 second video like a left for dead one to uh a, a little friday the 13th one to a mini chucky movie like a two-part two-minute movie i did and then i started writing like uh, other little things and developing i wanted to do like original stuff so i thought i'm gonna try and make like a little slasher that slasher movie which which is what i did but 
I was still new to animating and uh, mm. animation in general. So it was, um, it was fun to, it was fun to learn from each video I, I did and being able to actually stick the sets down. Cause a lot of them that you could see like the sets were moving in the background and like, you could see like at the time I was over my mum, so my cat in the background was like moving around and then she wasn't there in the next shot. It was very <laughs> weird, but it was cool to learn from each video and, um, and have a lot of feedback. So that was, that, that was helpful a lot. That was uh, that was a follow up question I had too. Was since you're doing stop animation, are you an animation guy, or is that entirely new to you? Are you a film dude? Do you do you have aspirations of being a filmmaker, or is this entirely for fun? I say a bit of both because I do, I do want to do it. I do. I, I am enjoying it. I would love love to make a career from it. Like like I said, from, from from when I was a kid, I used to I used to watch like I used to watch horrors in my room, and my mum doesn't really like horror, so but she get them for me and. Um, She'd come upstairs and I'd be watching like behind the scenes and she'd be like, well, are you watching the real film? I'd be like, I want to see how they do this. I want to see how, how this is done and how, how they've like created this, this whole kill and how, and, uh, and like how like the script works and stuff like that. It's always really fascinating. And my mum always used to say to people like, he's, he's always, he likes, he's always like stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, just movie, movies, music, and just media in general. I, I studied like some media in college, which the only thing I focused on was the music at the time, and and now I wish I, I um, focused more on like the photography and like the video sort of side of things, which I kind of remember bits from that, but um, mm -hmm. I just kind of taught myself from from when I started filming. So I learned from each video. Now I look back and I think oh, I could work more on like the movements and stuff. So it's it's pretty fun. It's really it's really, it's really fun. That's awesome. Um, so do you remember like the first horror movie you saw as a kid? Yes, and there were. It was both in one night. I can't remember which one was first, but it was a Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors, and Ooh. Scream, and Scream <laughs> three. Both the threes. Yeah. See, Scream three is not my favorite of the screams. It's actually my least favorite. Um, but I'm curious. Is it your least favorite of the franchise? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I was wondering, having it be the first one you watched, if that would yeah. be the case. And I was only five, so I didn't really like. I just know I, I used to like, I used to love Scooby Doo and stuff. I think we all loved a bit of Scooby Doo. The mystery I've always liked mystery like like who's behind the mask, who's doing that. I've always mm -hmm. loved stuff. I think it's just so fascinating. Yeah. And um, and that Elm Street scarred me for life. That one really <laughs> the third one I think it's got a lot of good atmosphere and like with the taps and when he's coming the Freddy snake and um, uh, when he comes out the TV. There's just so many moments that are really frightened. And I was obsessed with TV and I was only five and. That yeah, really scared the shit out of I me. was uh, I was also traumatized by Nightmare on Elm Street three. That's the first first of the Nightmare on Elm Streets I can remember seeing, uh, and then Freddy Krueger to me like I could not stand him. He was too scary when I was a kid. Yeah, so he was frightening. Yeah, the absolutely. second one was my first, which is probably why I'm so incredibly gay. <laughs> <laughs> my dad rented it for me one day when I was sick. I remember that. I remember seeing the video cover. I knew who he was. I'd heard about the first one. But he rented that second one, which, um, which is, uh, you know, it's a fun little watch. I do like that movie. It's, de it's definitely not the worst of them, I wouldn't mm -mm. I would say. Is that also how that works? You saw the movie and then it... Yeah. If you've seen that movie, you're gay, don't you know? Oh, no. <laughs> that's what happens? That's, that's how what, it works? How it Nightmare works. on Elm Street 2 is really what... <laughs> <laughs> it turned me into a big all scream queen. Speaking of, I've not seen that documentary. It's like on my list and I keep forgetting, but I hear it's fantastic. Scream Queen um, has a longer title, but it's Mark Patton who was in the second one. So I'm going to watch it, you guys. I'm going to make it happen. One day, do it. One day. Um, so 
Awesome. Let's backtrack a little bit. Like I said, I just got really excited that you're here. We have a couple of terrorgrams that came in from our episode from last week. Why don't you kick us off, Jeremy? Okay. Uh, so we have a, uh, a terrorgram from Taylor Johnson, a uh, right, a friend of ours, a friend of the podcast. Apparently, I didn't know you were listening, so thanks for tuning in. Um, and this is in regards to our uh, conversation uh, we had about, uh, well, I'll just read it and you guys can figure it out. Um, and Taylor says, I firmly believe saying, uh, quote, a disabled person uh, is not at all derogatory, but a person with a di disability is more inclusive for the communities that use person first language. I know that the uh, actress from Run, which by the way, was so good, right? Uh, calls herself a disabled actress. I don't use differently abled. That was my question, I remember. I heard that phrase and couldn't remember if it was in use anymore. But she says, I don't use differently abled anymore because erasing the word disability is in line with teaching kids not to stare or ask questions, and it's better to embrace the idea of disability. Uh, so it's a visibility, uh, you know, I, I like that. Uh, I like to be educated. Uh, and she finishes up by saying, so I think person with disability is likely the best option, but disabled actor isn't a bad thing to say either. Uh, so thank you, Taylor. For, yes, thank uh, you. For educating us. We're here to learn. That's uh, right. As well as uh, laugh uh, and uh, enjoy <laughs> and horror love. movies. And love. <laughs> love horror movies. So th thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, educating. That's right. Um, the second one we have reads, Hi, my scare share loves. Thanks for the pod always. Introducing me to new scares and sharing from your personal experiences. I wanted to reach out and encourage the kind of discussion y'all were having about art versus garbage and antisocial messaging through art and all that. Jeremy apologized for getting heavy, but I think it was interesting and not necessarily something to shy away from. I like when people that love something as much as y'all love horror movies are able to look at it as something that exists, happens, is created in a complex world as all art is. So really appreciating all levels that bring us in the pod, but am sincerely interested in some of those heavy thoughts too. Thanks for sharing and scaring with all of us, Tess. Thanks, Tess. Thanks, Tess. Yeah, second letter from Tess. It's lovely to hear from her. She's a gorgeous soul. I love her immensely. And um, we really appreciate those thoughts. And I agree. I like when we, not that we always have to go there, but when it comes up, we definitely can talk about heavy things. We can get into those sorts of conversations. It's what makes it unique for each of us and for everyone involved. That's good to know, because I got a lot more hot takes about some controversial movies. So you know, oh, I'm, God. Sure, I'm sure they'll keep coming up. So I'm glad <laughs> to know I can just let it loose with both barrels now. That's right. You sure can. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> just wait till we get to like a Serbian film or something. Oh, like God. I'm sure, I'm sure one day that'll happen. Yep, it's gonna. You know it. I'm gonna torture you like you've tortured me these last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to write to us, please, um, you can do it via Instagram. Um, scaring is sharing, all one word, or you can shoot us an email on Gmail, scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Do us it. Your messages. Please. Do it, or Please. we'll put you on the naughty list. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Some people <laughs> want to be there. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's focus all of our attention back to Lucas. Back to Lucas. That's right. Uh, the man of the hour. <laughs> so, Lucas, what are, what do you love in horror? Like, what are the movies you're most drawn to? What are the ones you're not? What are your 
top five favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah, that's a good one. And what are your top most favorite? What do you revisit the most? Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street and ooh, I love slasher movies. See, I might have to go with. Oh. Me too. I'm a huge slasher guy. <laughs> I, I really like Sinister as a movie. Oh, slasher! I really enjoy Sinister. I think like from like like 21st century sort of horror from 2010 onwards. I think that that's probably my favorite. You know, I really love Ethan Hawke as a uh, as a horror actor. That was one of those things where I'm like, he did the Purge, the first Purge, and then he did Sinister. Oh and yeah, it's... he did. So I wasn't big on the Purge, but I, I'm not yeah. say that. I do remember big that. Did you ever see him in uh, Valerian? Did you ever see that movie? It's no, sci-fi. I didn't. No. No, I watched that because uh, obviously Rihanna's in that movie, so I had to. Oh, watch okay. It. <laughs> Lucas loves. Her. Rihanna is his uh, is his obsession. We one know. of them. Yeah. I know the other one is Hayden Panettiere. Yes, I'm <laughs> yep. obsessed. It's the it's the Nash. She's teaching Heroes, Scream Four, and Nashville. And my, uh, did you see my, my my top artists for this year on Apple? It was a uh, Nashville cast, and then Hayden Panettiere was on there because she's in the Nashville cast. So and the, my top songs were like mostly Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. She's she's such a good energy, and all of her all of her interviews, she just seems so great. And I was like, I just love her. And she's a brilliant actress. And they, they gave her a great role in Nashville. Because like, she's done a lot of movies. We're making about Hayden Panetti, a fan, fan group now. And, um, <laughs> but um, she has some great roles, don't get me wrong. But I feel like um, she, they wrote her perfect for Nashville because she was able to give like, every bit of like, aspect of her acting abilities to Nashville, like singing, acting. Just being amazing. I just yeah, she's just great. I just love her. <laughs> I'll I'll smile and nod like I know what's going on. I, I'm I'm a I'm a metalhead, so you know that's where that's where, that's where I lie musically. So Nashville, I'm like, I don't know anything about that. Country music. I love my I love my country music. I love a bit of rock and metal though. I do love a bit of metal, like yeah. Metallica and uh, I say new I say more I mostly lean towards like new metal. Like I love Lincoln Park and a bit of punk, like I love Paramore, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it, you know, new metal was like I was in high school when new metal happened. Uh, so like Corn and Lincoln Park and all those guys. Yeah, like, yeah. I was so about it when I was an angsty teenager. Yes, about it. <laughs> Hell yeah, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yes. What is the last horror movie you watched? Last horror movie I watched, I watched Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four, the other day, about mm. two days ago, two or three days ago. It's one of Brandy Joe's favorites. It is. That is so good. It is so good. It is a good film. Yeah, there's still some genuinely creepy scenes, like the phone calls and when she gets strangled. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when she's in the you see the bag, and then like she like she got like the um, sort of the hook hook on her. She's like hanging next to the girl with a bag on her head. It's a good. And even the scene when she's like calling the cat and he comes out the closet. It's still a great scene. Ah, yeah. Some people, like more contemporary audiences, the younger generation, kind of think that it's slow moving or people who are just more used to contemporary films, which are... MTV editing, they say, yes, where it's yes, real quick. Yes, Nine yeah. Inch Nails, Saw. Like, yeah. like those are the movies I think of that just like the editing and American Horror Story as well. It's just like in a one minute scene, there's like 50 different edits. Like there's, it's just so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a slow moving film, but... M- one of my favorite aspects about it is that Bob Clark, who directed A Christmas Story, also directed it. And that's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And you got John Saxon as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a handsome fellow, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he Watches is. the whole time, like... <laughs> <laughs> Arrest me, please. <laughs> Arrest me, sir. <laughs> no, it's a really good film. I, I kind of like movies. I like, let's say, like, like, slow, like slow burners, I guess. It's just like Brandy Joe. It's true. Yeah, and I... I 
I do like fast ones. Like, like I say Scream is kind of fast because like it goes like it, like a little bit with a phone call. It's a bit like, I wouldn't say slow, but it builds up and then like it's just tension. And then like you get into the story of like um, of, of New Campbell's character, Sydney, and then like you get and you meet like Bitchy Gale and stuff like that. And then nice guy Dewey and then Tatum and it all starts building. And you start to meet these characters and like, then we just slash them all off. You're like, what was that character's purpose again? Like with Saw, like I, I wouldn't, I didn't really get into Saw. I wouldn't discredit Saw at all because it did kind of bring like a gory element to horror, I guess. But um, I just like a good slasher and a good, like decent story to it. And um, I wish like some of the 80s slashers had like the masked killer elements to them, like a like slumber party massacre and stuff like that. Cause I think it would give it more of a, th- like more of an app, like more of a viable or I don't know, yeah. like, like more of a oomph to it, you know, but um, they're still like good fun films to watch. But I'm like, if they had the mask killer, you'd be more like, who's the killer? What's going on? It's kind of, it's kind of like keeps you on the edge, you know? There's something about an iconic mask too. Like all you have to do is throw yes. a mask on Jason and then you're like, that's so cool. I'll never forget that hockey yes, mask guy. Like, yeah. I prefer Baghead Jason though. I really uh, prefer He was very creepy. He was very creepy with the bag. Yeah, I like part two. A lot of people kind of discredit that movie. I'm like, I'm like, why? And then people are like, oh, because the kills are kind of like, I'm like, it's, I'm like, but they used like Amy Steele's character, Ginny. Like I thought yeah. it was so smart to have a character with like child philosophy, like ch- not philosophy, child psychologist. And it did have a lot of philosophy in it because she kind of understood Jason and she kind of like, kind of like was smart enough to like use a jumper and like pretend to be his mom and stuff like that. I thought, I think that that film has got a really, it's really clever. And the rest of them are gory and, and, and kind of smart, don't get me wrong, but I think that one was like the smartest in writing just in general and just having that. I thought that was, I thought that was a great film. It's one of my, it's probably my favorite Friday the 13th movie. Mine too, hands down. Yeah, it's a good one. As I get older too, I find I sympathize with Jason more and more because teenagers yeah. are fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, you kind of like the character in the movie too, like the guy, is it Mark, the guy in the wheelchair? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, God, he's dreamy. He's a handsome fella as well. And he, he was a good character. And the, I can't remember, oh, I remember the girl's name now, the girl that was like flirting with him the whole time. But she was, it was, it was just a nice film. And you, I kind of like the characters in that one. Mm-hmm. And you have a really brilliant, you have on your YouTube channel, which again is Lego Horror Videos. If you can look and search for it and find it, subscribe to look it. Look it up now. Right now. Lucas has a bunch of kill compilations done with Legos. And there's like a Friday 13th. How many have you done? I know there's a one and a two and three. And I've done, the, I've done four of them. I've done the four movies so far. And people keep asking okay. for the fifth one. And I'm like, probably, I'm like, possibly in the future. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time now and, do, and, and work on my original projects and write them. Because they do take a lot of energy out of me. And I, I don't really work or anything at the moment. But I'm, I'm home, like, looking after my grandma at the moment. And um, people are like, oh, so you don't really work in that. So you, and, you, and you can be tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, the videos can be really draining. And it's a long process. And then the editing and then getting people's voices. It's a it's a long process. It's really worth it though, and I love doing it. I would complain like, oh, it's such a long, but I really enjoy it, and it, it is draining, but it's, it's it is really worth it. On average, with Killer Clown, how many hours would you spend on an episode? It didn't take me that long to write it. To be honest, it was just some editing. Cause like, uh, it, it was a movie at first, and then the series. So I just extended that and like moved some stuff around, and then the filming. I kind of used to have set times, so I'd go down in the garage. Like, um, I'd wake up in the day. And I'd go down about about three-ish when I've had my food and done stuff in the day, about three-ish. And I'd spend about two hours doing some filming. And then I'd go downstairs and me and my grandma would watch a movie and watch, watch some, we always watch a movie in the night uh, or watch some Charms. We watch TV series. We, we watched <laughs> Ugly Betty so far and we've just watched, uh, we've just, we're on Charmed now, we've almost finished. No, but um, oh, no. we go back down, back down about eight then. And I'm there, to, I was there to about 10. So about four hours in the day, I'd say, altogether. And then the editing, I kind of did that 
for like a few days. So like I had finished one episode and then I'd edit it in the week. So it might take a couple of days and it could maybe take about two days, but I thought if I do it all, sit here and just do it all at once, my brain is going to be so fried that I will, I, I miss little details sometimes. So I try and go back over it like a day later. I'm like, right, I did a bit of editing. I'll play a game. I'll go back to it. And I, I used to just play games and while I was, if I was dead or something, watching my friend, I'd, I'd do some editing and then I'd leave it and then be like, right, that's it for the night. And then the next day, I, again, I'd go over it and then like, oh, there's a detail there that needs to go in like a footprint or, 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 or a sound somewhere. So it can, it just take, it just take a good few days, but it's worth it. It is worth it. Definitely. So we know you love Scream. It's definitely one of your favorites. So if you had to pick a character who was your favorite, who wasn't one of the core three, and it also can't be Kirby, because <laughs> I bet you'd pick her. Um, but if you could pick one other one from the entire series that you love the most, outside of Sydney, Gale, Dewey, and Kirby, who would it be? I have to say Randy. Okay. Yeah, I know it's everyone's favorite, but I love Randy. I, lo- I like Jamie Kennedy. I follow him on Instagram and stuff. I think he's, he's funny. Did you watch the Jamie Kennedy experiment? Is that, is that his YouTube channel now when he talks about getting audition where he gets the movie roles or? He used to have it on, I think it was the WB here in the States, oh, but it was yeah. like, he would dress up like in like- um, It was like punk In disguise. Yeah. It was like punk oh, okay. but he would be in disguise. It, would it was a prank show, yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen was... that. I'll have to find that on YouTube. I bet there, it's on YouTube. Look for it. It was very funny. He's very talented. And yeah, yeah it was a good show. It was great. I'm a, uh, I'm a stew man. Cause I fucking Steve love, I fucking love Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he is brilliant. I, I, I love him. And I picked Tatum. I love her. Yeah. I love Tatum. I just think she's like so pretty, so spunky. I just think she has like the perfect body. I don't know why that's like what I'm drawn to with her, but like, and I just love her sass and I just, I think she's great. I love her. She should have made it to the sequel her. at least. She should have gone off in the sequel. She put up a good fight with Ghostface. Fair play. She did. Yeah. Remember. And then she was stupid. So. And then she was stupid. So. Or she made a stupid decision, I should say. Yeah, she made a, stu- a desperate, stupid decision. <laughs> but then people say something. And then you're like, you're like, you've ever been in a panic situation. You're like, you, you don't think a lot and you do something. And then you look back after and you're like, oh, I could have done that or that. But when you sit in this situation, like, like if, well, it, I've never been in a situation like that, you know. But if you, if you ever were in a situation like that, you just, you just got to think fast, didn't you? And that was the only escape, really, because he was in, in the doorway. She didn't really. She, she just kind of triggered. Just got to go out. Got to got to figure out and try and get out here. <laughs> bad, bad choice. <laughs> so I know we mentioned um, Black Christmas. Are there certain horror movies you watch every holiday season? Definitely the Black Christmas, 1974, 2006. Uh, we don't speak of 2019. <laughs> oh God, no! It was so dreadful. I never saw that um, one. So last time I, when I watched that, and it kind of came out, I was really stoned, and I just at the time <laughs> so I was a pothead back then. I'm not anymore, but um, yeah, I was um. I was just really stoned and I was like, I'm not enjoying this film. I was on my phone the whole time and I was like, this movie is just garbage. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for that. But definitely those, but definitely Black Christmas is like, like the main ones. And um, Krampus as well. I, I watched that. I've watched oh, I that love Krampus. Krampus. That movie is awesome. Krampus. It is a good film. I like how it starts off so festive and, and so like happy and jolly. And, and then it just starts going like all dark. It's, it's, kind it's of so weird. cynical. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, where's this gonna go? And I wouldn't. It's got like that. It's got like an eerie, creepy vibe with like the toys. I think the toys seem yeah. great. It's hilarious. I keep hearing Rare Exports is really good, but I've not seen it. It is very good. I love Rare Exports. It's on Shutter now, so I feel like I'm gonna watch it. Yep. I didn't even hear to that film. What is that? That's a uh, Finnish movie, and it kind of plays off of a Krampus type of thing in it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Don't they like find Santa Claus in like a box or something? In a block of ice. 
Okay. Yep. It's a it's a it's a killer Santa movie. It's awesome. I have to check that one out. Oh, and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Is it Silent Night, Deadly Night? Yeah, oh, Silent that. Night, Deadly Night. I like yeah. part two. I, yeah, Garbage one and two day. are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the meme with that. The gym. Yeah. It's like, Garbage Day. I've actually got, I got, I got a little sneak peek, a little spoiler. It might be out by the time this podcast comes out, but I got a, I got a, a post from a Silent Night, Deadly Night coming. Oh, good. Nice. Just, good. just a little photo post. Yeah. I'm going to... I got some old videos. I want to. I want to get them on my Instagram just to make just to clear my phone out ready for the new year. So I've got in the next few days. I've got like a plan to just upload the rest of the videos on my my Instagram TV, and I'm gonna go back to the photos. And they're gonna be more. They're gonna be more Christmas now because I was like, I've only done the Black Christmas one, which is Christmassy this year. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely a Gremlins guy. That's probably my favorite. Oh, I haven't seen that for years. I, my I'm favorite Christmas that. horror movie. I'm gonna rewatch that this year. I think actually, I got a big list. So most of them, are, I like my cheesy horror. My cheesy movies are like like the Santa Claus movie and Elf and like I just watched uh, last night. I watched The Glass Holiday with Queen Latifah. I know they're not horror, but I like I like something. Yeah. Like that. I'm, I'm a festive guy. I like I like Hall- I love Halloween, and then Christmas is my second favorite. And we, we we're like a Christmas family. We go all out. We do like stockings and all stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we get really festive, and so yeah, I love getting into the season. I'm definitely very into Elf. Is one of my favorites, and I'm definitely very into the uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You know the Rankin Bass stop animation ones. I haven't seen that one. I watched the uh, the I watched the animated one had like Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi. Oh, I've I've not Whoopi seen that Goldberg. one. That one was all right. I was I was a bit distracted. I was doing a bit. I was trying to do some stuff on my phone, like some writing and stuff. But um, I I was it was a pretty good film. But I really I'm gonna go back and watch the. I couldn't find it though on the website I was using. So yeah, I'm gonna try and dig around and try and find that one before Christmas. Definitely watch it. And like the year without a Santa Claus, you know, heat miser <laughs> and uh, cold miser and all those. Brandy Joe is just shaking his head. He doesn't. Know. I don't know that. He doesn't watch. <laughs> doesn't watch enough cartoons. It's not horror. I love, I love cartoons. Yeah, I've seen Arthur Christmas. It's an animated one. It's quite a no. real Christmas movie. See, I love that movie. It's a good movie. I know the name. I can't think of it. So it's a good. It's a cool. Film. Have either of you seen Better Watch Out? No. Is that the one when he like kidnaps the girl? It, the, she's horror. like babysitting. Yeah, like these I, little boys. I, I, the whole time I was like, I was like, kick him out the window, kick him out the window. What a spoil! <laughs> I was like, what a bratty little. I, I, I did not like that. I was annoyed the whole time. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, this film is just so unrealistic and annoying. <laughs> I just couldn't get on with yeah. it. The first time I watched it, I thought it was great, and then I rewatched it with a friend the next holiday season, and he was like, yeah, that's not good. Okay. And then I was like, I think it's probably still good though. So I watched it with Joe, my husband, last Christmas, and um, he was like, yeah, that sucks. That's horrible. And I. <laughs> I agreed with him that yeah. I did not. But lots of people really like it. I, yeah, I know. It's got like, like a six point something rating on Movie Database. I was like, I don't, I was like, the whole time I was just so pissed off and I just wanted the kid to be kicked out the window. And then his friend was like, oh, I was like, oh, just stop. <laughs> just kick them out the window. I do that with a lot of films. Right? I watch them once and uh, I kind of like, I kind of like, oh, I don't know. I, like with the terrified, I hated that the first time I watched it. I hated it so much. I thought it was garbage. And then I watched it again. And I was like, I really enjoyed that film. And then, uh, what's the film I watched? Uh, like us, I watched that first time, and I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I watched it again, and I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't like this. I was like, the, the idea was great, and I, when I was first watching it, I kind of knew like where it was going. I thought, oh, they, they obviously like they're, they're more, like a like they're, they're kind of cloned or something. Mm-hmm. So it was, I wouldn't say predictable. I kind of I kind of figured that part out, and then like, but the acting was brilliant. Like, fair play to the actors; they did a good. Oh yeah, job. it's just we, the outcome I couldn't get on with. We saw that together. We did. We did. Oh, I don't remember that. Sorry. Remember? Yeah. We we went we went to the theater with um uh, our spouses. 
I remember Pet Cemetery. So, oh, I did we sit together? Were you guys behind us? It might have been something like that. I think we were in like different spots, but we did go together right. to see us. Yeah, yes. I think we. Yes, I think we met there. Yep. Which is how it was with Pet Cemetery as well. But now it's it's all coming back to me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wasn't crazy about us. I prefer Get Out. Yeah, I agree. I just think it gets a little heavy handed and a little too talky at the end. But I think that there's definitely some good scenes in it. And it is, he's a good, he's, you know, he's a great filmmaker. I felt like it was, it was a movie too, where I didn't think they did enough justice with the, like the marketing and stuff. Cause they're like, yeah, they're playing up the horror, but the movie veers into like a hard science fiction angle by the end. And it's much less scary by the end and not really a horror movie anymore. And you haven't seen freaky yet. Have you Lucas? I haven't. Is that worth a watch? Oh, yeah. And I know yeah. you like a good mask. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Okay. I did see the trailer and I, 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 do, like, I, do, like, I do like a bit of Vince Vaughn film, movies. I thought I'm in a horror. And I was watching and in some parts I was just like, I was kind of mixed feelings, you know? I was like, hmm. And I was laughing and then I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I was like, hmm. So I was kind of like a lot of different emotion in that trailer. So, I, I, again, that's another film I think I judged a little. So I'm going to give that one a watch. And I really liked Happy Death Day. I thought it was quite clever. Oh, those were fun. Yeah. yeah. The first one's definitely better, but it's PG-13. And the fun thing about Freaky is it's R. So, like, the kills are really upped. Like, the ante has been raised. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's worth a watch. There's some some good elements to it, for sure. Well, I'll give that one a chance. I will give it a chance. Well, let's um, get into some some sharing. Yes. So I'm going to assign a movie to you and I'm pretty sure I'm correct that Jeremy's not seen it. And I'm just sort of hoping Lucas hasn't seen it because it would be fun to talk about if that was the case. It's from 2007 and it's a French movie. Oh, French. One of those extreme French films. Cool. And it's very appropriate to the season. I have an idea where you're going with this. And it's called Inside. Mmm. I've heard a lot about this movie. You haven't seen it, Lucas? No. Is it just full on French? Is it, is it, in diff- is it a different language? Yeah, yep, it's in French. It's in French. Uh, so you're going to have uh, to watch it with subtitles. Uh, I don't get on with movie with subtitles. I'll, I'll still watch it, but we're just, I'm just going to be it all the time. Like, you got to read. Well, it's not a talky <laughs> film, so know that. There's not a whole lot of talking going on. I know this movie is uh, supposed to be really fucked up. That's what I've heard, that it is uh, extremely violent. It's part of that. I know it's part of what, what did they call it? The new French extreme or something like that, where in France there was, Sounds good. There was a bunch of like really gory, uh, not quite torture porn, but like really gory, like slasher movies came out in France, like in the early 2000s. And I know this movie is part of that. And I, I, I know it has to do with women, like woman on woman violence. Uh, sort of thing. So I, I know, like, uh, femininity, uh, and I don't know how to. I think I think uh, I think pregnant. I think somebody's pregnant in this movie, and I know they're tormented. That's what I know it's about. Somebody is being tormented by a fucking killer that's trying to, you know, kill them. So targeted by a killer, uh, and I know the advertising shows scissors. So I think scissors are the uh, weapon of choice of the murder. I think you're thinking of us. Am I? Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe I am. I don't know. No, we were just talking about which whenever I think of us, I think of those giant gold scissors. Those giant scissors. I think this movie has giant (laughs) ass scissors in it too. Kitchen shears or something like that. So uh, that's what it's about. It's about women killing women. That's what I think it's about. And Lucas, you don't know anything about it? Zero zelch? I'm not even, no. I feel a lot of foreign movies are meant to be like really messed up though. And I, I tried to watch, I think it was Suspiria. I did like the, like the color and the setting and cool was that. 
it was cool for that movie. It's just, it's just um, I just when that when I can't if there's subtitles, I'm like, I just can't, I just can't really get into it. And I'm like, oh, what did they say earlier about about something? And I, I try and like add things when I watch movies. I try and like figure stuff out and like and like piece stuff together. I just, I'll, I'll watch it anyway because you know the recommendations. I'll give it a watch. I do know that, uh, funny enough, uh, in my film classes in college, I had a professor where with foreign movies or a movie that was in a language you didn't speak, uh, she would always say she watched them twice, where she would watch it one time, actually reading all the subtitles to know what happened, but a second time not paying attention and just, just watching the visuals to make sure she watched yeah, to get okay. everything. So I was like, oh, that's a cool trick. I've done that, you know, yeah, over yeah. the years with movies. So it's a cool little, uh, it takes extra time, but you know, I feel like you yeah. get more out of it. I retain it better. Like we're watching Dairy Girls right now, which is an Irish show and it's brilliant, but like they talk so fast with their, you know, they're in Ireland. Like it's a very authentic Irish accent and we have to have the subtitles on. And I'm like, oh, I know all their names now because I'm reading them constantly. And I actually remember names. I'm so horrible remembering names. Like even on shows I've watched for eight seasons, if they're American, I'm like the brunette her and joe's like her name is susan we've been watching this for eight years (laughs) so so i appreciate subtitles when we have them on because i'm like for some i'm one of those readers i retain it a little bit better Mm -hmm. you're getting old i do that now too oh my god i I turn on subtitles (laughs) for everything um call me grandpa yeah well so i guess i'll assign you our movie which okay uh, transparency we let we let lucas take a look at our lists we've made and he helped to decide on this so you know uh, like my mom always said, let the guest choose what you guys get to do. So uh, <laughs> guest choice, we're giving you Cherry Falls. All right, Brittany Murphy. Yes, and Gabriel Mann. Yeah, do you know anything else about this? I love Brittany Murphy. Um, I'm really surprised I've never seen this because Scream is definitely in my top like three films of all time. Sometimes it's number one, just depending on the day. And it came out post Scream. I remember that. And I know it was kind of clever. I know that it's like, people who are virgins are the ones getting killed as opposed to the old trope. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're having sex, you're going to get killed. So that's what I know of it. Um, and I know Brittany Murphy's in it. And I know that they cut the shit out of it because it was like put on TV. And I know yeah. that I don't believe you can find the cut that is uncut. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. In the U S this is a, uh, this is a TV movie. This was on cable. Uh, originally, so no theatrical release. I know in Europe it was released theatrically, but in the U.S. it was on like USA Network originally. And I've not seen this since I was a teenager, so I'm pretty excited. I remembered loving it, uh, but I've actually not sat down and rewatched it since it originally came out. So uh, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So from what I know of the plot, furthermore, what I think will happen is that I think Brittany Murphy is going to be a virgin, and I think the movie is going to be her frantically trying to lose her virginity so that she doesn't get killed but i think that that's going to be the major plot point Who is knows? that that she's going to have a hard time giving it up but um we'll see yeah. we're, we're, we'll see it's going to be fun yeah she did a good job in that movie and there's an actor in it called gabriel mann and he's in a tv show what's called revenge i don't know if you guys have ever seen that the first revenge. season then it went downhill <laughs> oh i love revenge i just love emily van camp it's just so much fun to she's watch. i think before they went a bit they, they, did a, they did a lot of weird things but it's just the fights and just the, the effort and the amount of skill she put into that character was just great i just 
I love watching it. My grandma likes that show as well. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, since we're doing Cherry Falls, I was like, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. So I threw that up on my uh, uh, Instagram and my buddy Justin commented on there, a horror movie with Jay Moore. So <laughs> Jay Moore's in there. <laughs> Remember him, guys? Remember? He yeah. was in a lot of stuff back in the day. And now you don't oh, yeah. hear too much about him anymore. So. Okay. He was in. I'm bad with names. Yeah, he was in SNL a million years ago. That's where he started, and, oh, right. and he was like a. I think he was a TV host. Am I wrong, Brandy Joe? Like he hosts. I don't know. I just remember he's in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, and some supporting actor stuff. But uh, yeah, he was. He was like a handsome, funny guy. He filled that mm-hmm. void for a minute. If you needed a handsome, funny supporting guy, he was in like yeah. in the late <laughs> '90s, early 2000s. He was in a lot of stuff. So. Yep. Well, I can't wait. Well, we'll be I'm going to rewatch it as well, actually. I'm going to rewatch it as well because uh, I rewatched it, I think, a couple months ago. I watched that. Okay, do it. Get the ready. I wanted to post it again, right. yes. I've only watched it a couple of times, but it's just a good, it's just a good fun movie. And it's, got, it's, it's dark, isn't it? It's very, I'd say, like, it's got, like, an emo, like, an emo, do you know what I mean? Because it's quite, like, they're all quite, yeah. like, a, like, like, seen emo sort of kids, and I thought cool. that was yeah. cool. Cool. Well, Heck yes. write your notes. And we'll be back. All right, guys, see you in a few. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Hey, uh, you know what? Since it's before the holidays, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Uh, Happy holidays, whatever, whatever it is. I hope you enjoyed it Um, or, or, or are going to enjoy it. Uh, we're back. We've watched some motherfucking movies. And yeah, we did. We have the great Lucas back with us again to talk about this. So, Lucas the Great. Lucas the Great. <laughs> Lucas Lego horror videos. Back again. That's right. Back in black. Guess who's back? Back. Back yep. again. We do love that song on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and we I, talked about that last episode, I think. We did, and I love me some Eminem, man. Bring it on. Yep, hell yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right, well, let's, um, let's hop on in the sleigh. Yeah, let's start this. with it in, inside, right? We start yep. with you. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with the letterbox summary. The little tagline is, terror comes calling which i think there could be a better tagline i'm just gonna yeah that's not even trying no so the summary is four months after the death of her husband a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby Woo! nice and concise yeah that's it and i have to say i thought this movie was fucking good not just good fuck fucking Fucking good. good all right lucas I was glad there wasn't a lot of dialogue and like too much like story and background because I was again with with like the subtitles the sub the website I was using the subtitles were a bit weird and messed up so I was like oh, I hope I can get through this but it was just kind of the beginning there was a bit of talking and I was like I'm kind of like I'm just I'm just understanding the facial expressions and going along with it but then when it all started kicking in and I was like you know what I kind of like this movie because again there was not a lot too much dialogue to follow so I kind of followed the story and where it was going and it was, it was actually really fun to watch. So I was surprised. So thank you for suggesting that. <laughs> Super short, too. It is yeah, a short, it was quick. quick little yeah, thing. It was quick, yeah. I'd also like to say that I know Brandy Joe loves to give me these movies 
that uh, have a slow burn beginning where there's, it's the character development, then the yep. mayhem ensues. Yeah. This movie was the sweet spot. It had just a little bit of character development, just enough yeah. to know what's going on. She's pregnant, yeah. her husband's dead. You know, it's, it's very sad. And I was like, that's just all I need to know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hooked. And then she's being tormented. And it's like, this, yeah. is, this is great. And so if you've not listened to this podcast before, spoilers abound. We're yeah, we spoil a stocking everything. full of spoilers here. And we don't care how you feel about it. <laughs> I love movies where the character starts off, your lead character, your heroine or your hero, your um, your protagonist starts off one way and they're not in a good way. They're having a rough time of life. Mm -hmm. And the course of the movie, especially in a horror movie, they grow to a new place. Unfortunately for this one, it, it, that all happens. Like she starts off pretty miserable and life is not good. She is not a happy person. And it's not like she doesn't want the baby. At least you don't get that impression. But she's definitely in a rough spot and she fights for her baby throughout it. And the end is so bleak. <laughs> this, this movie is very French in that regard. I feel like there's just something, no matter the genre, the French just love their bleak ass stories that like, but life yeah. is terrible and it never gets better. <laughs> no, the end, enjoy. The, the last shot is so beautifully haunting though. I love it. The lighting, it's kind of oh, reddish, orange I was going to say it was and... beautiful. It, it was like, I want that as a painting. Her just holding the baby her yeah. burnt ass face. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the, the, that that right there though could be like, just that image is like, this is a metaphor for parenthood. Like they will fucking destroy you, <laughs> but you're still going to love them. Uh, you know, that's, it was, that was great. So speaking of metaphors, like thematically, what do you think this is all about? With like all the shit going on in the movie, like with what's going on outside in the world, and everything like what do you think all of that is saying i you know i know that france i, I well i should say stereotypically they're kind of known for their periods of civil unrest it seems like france always has riots going on at least when you watch you know for us americans watching the international news that's what we see whenever it's like oh france has civil unrest again uh, and it seems like that was part of the backdrop here i don't know if this was a real event like were they referencing a real riot that had been going on or I don't think necessarily, but I think it has something to do with the larger whole. Yeah, some somehow somewhere in there, it seems like they're making. I'm I'm sure usually these uh, these periods are. I know they're about like workers' rights and immigrant rights and whatever issues of the day. I'm not very versed in French politics, of course, but I'm sure there's something in there, like thematically. I didn't I couldn't quite put anything together, but I'm like they got to be making some kind of statement, right, about the working class or the average person here with this? Maybe. I mean, there's definitely something going on. Like, I wondered if like, kind of no matter where you are in life, there's things on the outside that are going crazy. But on the inside, things are all like also going you're crazy. Not, you're not safe. <laughs> you're not safe anywhere. Inside like, or outside. You're not safe like out in the world. You're not safe in your own house. You're not safe as a baby in a belly. No matter what you do, things are always coming at you and trying to hurt you. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that sounds like real, like real bleak, but it's also true to a level. And it's like, how do you deal with it? That's just life. Sometimes you do. Do you agree? It is. Oh yeah. It's true. It's true. 
And not like, you know, oh, life is horrible. Every You're going to die. But I mean, you are. You are going to die. It is <laughs> the truth. <laughs> but like also, what's worth fighting for and how are you going to fight for it? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm thinking too much into it or if there is something to that. Yeah. But it so easily could have had nothing going on outside. Yeah, and of could house. just be a slasher movie. It could well. like just, yeah. but I'm just like, there's something to this yeah. exterior plot that I feel works in somehow. I just, and I, I like that. It's sort of like, well, I don't know, but I can. Maybe we need to be French to get it. <laughs> Maybe. Did you notice the shot after the cops leave for the first time and she's sitting on the couch and it like zooms into her and then it starts to pull back and the woman was like right behind her? Yes. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, talk, I was gonna talk about that. I really like that shot. It was really cool with the cat, right? And then um, yeah. it was just that. I like that shot. It was really cool. It was really eerie. And then she like kind of backed up and then the, the, it stayed there for a minute. And I, I was waiting for something to happen, but like it kind of it didn't, but it was really cool to watch and she just disappeared. And I thought that was a, that was a cool shot. It was like she was on roller skates and she just sort of like slowly rolled she just, back she into just the away. She just went away into the, into the black mist. <laughs> I liked the, uh, our slasher in this movie. I thought she had a pretty cool, like, this could be an iconic character. I La femme. The all black, like, she was well-dressed to be going out and staring people. She was like a cult people. leader or something, wasn't she? Like, yeah, like, she like... I was thinking like a, a Renaissance fair witch. <laughs> like, totally. It looked like she was dressed Cold like going to the Ren Fair. Um, yeah. And then the, the scissors, of course, are just a cool, just big old shears. Yeah, there's a, a lot cool of use weapon. of scissors. I like that because I always thought scissors would be a cool use in horror films. And sometimes they get used like in like in like in one of the Halloween movies where she gets stabbed with scissors and like that's about it. And you don't really see a lot of scissors. So I was like, there's a lot of use of scissors. especially the scissors. Scene when, when she was cutting the stomach. That was a... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when she just pops that blade like right in that belly button and it's like... She did it twice. She, the first time she just... She, she, kind of, she kind of went for it and then she woke up, didn't she? And then at the end, on the stairs, she went into it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is definitely gory. But it doesn't feel gratuitous I, I don't know if i'm correct it, i mean because it's all the violence is happening but it doesn't feel like like hostile or saw like yeah. it doesn't just feel this movie like i uh started reading about the, the what do they call it the new french extreme or mm -hmm. whatever that new french extremity is. or extremity. Extreme. new french yep. extremity i've not seen many of the films in that movement but uh i was comparing this in my mind to high tension uh, totally. For example, which I think is an immensely silly and stupid movie. Hate uh, it. And is gratuitous uh, just for the sake of being gratuitous. Like, it's fucking, you know, whatever. This movie didn't feel... High Tension's very exploitative. Uh, this didn't feel that exploitative. And, and, and again, uh, Irreversible is another movie that's part of that movement. Another movie... Yeah, I won't do another it. Another movie, I, I, I find it immensely uncomfortable. Uh, and problematic. I know it's like praised left and right, but I have I have issues with Irreversible. Um, I the only film of his I can't remember his name. Gaspar um, No. Thank you. The only film I've seen of his is Climax, which everyone just freaking loses their shit about. And while the first twenty minutes it's like a giant dance sequence that's like one long take, it's amazing. <laughs> but then the rest of the movie is just all of them. They've taken this like extreme amount of lsd and they don't know that it was like in the punch and they all start going like nuts 
and I hated it so fucking much. Like, there's no way I'll ever watch Irreversible. And I know about the big rape scene. Yeah. And I know about another scene where a guy gets, like, his head bashed in. I just feel he is, like, super pretentious, and I hate that. I, I feel like, at least watching Climax, like, I was like, okay, you're so cool, and you're so out there, and you're so extreme, dude. Like, it just, I hate it. I hate it. You're You're right. But... Sorry, guys. My point with that, uh, with apologies to Gasper, no, but you know, no, fuck, <laughs> fuck your movies. Uh, Irreversible though is immensely exploitative. The, the the scene in question, the rape scene that's in that movie, of course, is I've read many think pieces about it where, you know, the argument would be that it's supposed to be brutal and make you uncomfortable. Yet you get into the whole, like, at what line does it become pornographic? Because, like, it's done to be titillating. Like, clearly this is shot and lit. And, you know, there's there's problems there with presenting it that way if you're trying to make a comment about brutality and violence. Uh, but uh, anyway, Irreversible. The movie is immensely exploitative. And I feel like Inside does not, it doesn't fall into that category. Like, everything feels earned and justified by this movie. Sure, it's uncomfortable and violent. But uh, in the narrative of the film... Uh, you know, it earned its moments. It doesn't feel like it's just doing it just to shock you. Like uh, the story flows. Uh, it doesn't feel that gratuitous is what I'm trying to say compared to some of the other movies that this is associated with from the same time and movement. Yeah, the the new French extremity on Wikipedia, for the most part, there's this blogger named Matt Smith who talks a lot about it. And he says, within these works, there's two predominant themes, home invasion and the fear of the other which I definitely think both of those apply here. And the other main films it cites are Them, High Tension, Frontiers, and Martyrs. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of those, Lucas? I, was, I started watching High Tension and I didn't realize it was in a different language and I was like, ah, I, get to this, <laughs> but I might give it a... Is there a lot of dialogue? Is there a lot of dialogue and stuff going on in that one? Um, no, I think it, eventually it's a lot of action. And I think there is a dub of that if you care to watch a, a dubbed version. There is, yeah, there is a dub of that. I've seen a dub. And also I remember in college, I had this buddy that was a film nerd and he had like a bunch of bootleg shit of like foreign movies. So I've seen a version of High Tension in French with no subtitles. So we just watched oh, wow. it that way. We were probably stoned or something, uh, but we watched it that <laughs> way. And it's like, so I have seen it like that. It, that was a bizarre experience, but. There's this one <laughs> review on Letterboxd that says, kind of like a remake of Home Alone, but instead of Macaulay Culkin, you have a pregnant chick. And instead of Chris Columbus, it's directed by Satan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was this movie. Um, <laughs> Which I love. Also, the okay, the cop at the end that's still alive and just attacks, you know, because he's all delirious from his injuries, clearly, and he attacks her. It seems like he's like a zombie or something. I was like, is, 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 he, is he meant to be a zombie but right now? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out, like, motherfucker was in the wrong movie. Like, that's the kind of cop that should be in, like, a Die Hard, like, Mr. Die Hard here, where it's like, he's not <laughs> dead yet, and he's coming back, and he's fighting just as hard still. Like, yeah, in an action movie, you want that guy. But in a horror movie, not so much. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the third act. I don't like the cop and his little criminal. Yeah, that's such a weird moment. It is. It's so weird. I'm sure that maybe that's part of the social commentary thing that you're trying to figure out here. The yeah, fact maybe. that this, this cop, like, he had a perp that he could have just let go because you have a bigger problem. Like, I assume maybe we're too American. Maybe in France, they don't do it that way. But, like, I imagine American cop, like, in that situation, 
where you're the only backup left, your partners, you don't know what happened. You have a guy like either you leave him in the fucking car or you're just like, it's your lucky day. Get out of here. Cause there's a bigger situation happening. Right. Clearly. He didn't seem like a dangerous criminal. He was just like someone who was in a riot yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Somebody, you know, a protester, whatever the hell, like they picked him up off the street. Yeah. Let him go. Like, why are you dragging this guy around? Like also tactically, where's their tactical training? Why would you strap yourself to somebody that you have to drag around? Like, if you've got to fight, that's the worst situation to be in. So, come it's on, also, France. It's the second movie we've watched during the podcast, Relic being the other one, where a character only calls their mom by, like, their first name until, like, I mean, after she kills her mom in this movie, I mean, she tells the cop, like, a kill me. Oh, God, yeah. When that happened, too, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? It's, it's a trope kind of I really, now. I really don't like in movies, and probably because it's always so... Um, Forced. It's, and it sucks so bad. Like, the thought of accidentally killing a loved one or your best friend or whatever uh-huh. is so horrible. But I hate that trope. <laughs> like, it happens in The Strangers. It happens in The Descent. It happens a lot. Um and it just, oh, I, I think I hate it because it's such a horrible fear that you would accidentally kill someone you love. But this movie has, like, it has that trope. It has the police show up and it are totally ineffective and just get killed. Like, it's very tropey, but it didn't bother me in this movie. Like, I feel like uh, those moments were just, like, they worked. This movie was written just well enough that these moments worked uh, without being too, like, well, fuck this. Like, I've seen that a million times. And did you see her address was 666? Oh, no, I didn't realize that. I must have just missed that. Okay. A little on the nose. A little bit, yeah. Bloody Disgusting ranked it 12 in their list of the top 20 horror films of the decade between 2000 and 2010. And the article said, one of the most audacious, brutal, unrelenting horror movies ever made, Inside is perhaps the crown jewel of the new wave of extreme French horror films. Yeah. And I do appreciate it has some heart to it, which Martyrs is real rough. I did not like it the first time I watched it, but I didn't hate it like I hated High Tension. It mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. And I would recommend watching it if you're into horror movies, especially if you can go a little, a little extreme because it is, the, I feel, the harshest of all of them. But it doesn't have the heart that this one does. Like you're rooting for this girl. You want her to live. You want her to have that baby. Mm -hmm. And the remake, which was in 2016, I've seen it and it's not great. It's in English. um, And it's directed by this guy who directed this movie kidnapped, which is pretty brutal home invasion movie as well. But the only things I really remember about it is that Sarah is like hearing impaired, but I think because of the accident, but there's definitely moments where she like is taking out her hearing aid and where she can't hear things. Um, and it ends, they have a big fight in a swimming pool and she like the cover is either on or gets put on and she breaks through the surface at the end, like breaking through the womb and she <laughs> has the baby and she lives and the cops are surrounding the swimming pool. So it ends on an uplifting note. Yeah, the, the happy American ending, as right. opposed to the sad-ass French <laughs> ending. So. That's, I have a feeling that's what the remake would do, because like a lot of them, a lot of films do do that with a happy end. Some films it works, and I still like, like Scream has like the happiest, happy kind of ending, but it works for Scream, like some movies it works with, and sometimes you're like, that, could, that character could have been killed off, they just kept them because like they were a big name or something, yeah. or 
they wanted to keep them around but sometimes the characters like kind of worthless and like they should have yeah. gone and that the character who got killed off in the middle should have stayed so, man, <laughs> every time i watch this movie i'm like looking at her and i'm like can i see her breathing at the end i have that like maybe she maybe it's possible she can be alive she lived <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think don't it because you're like maybe she maybe she could be alive. hoping beyond hope. definitely not but maybe she, maybe she's dead hope yeah hoping she's alive I mean, maybe she's her maybe guts she's are dead. all over the maybe, place maybe maybe when the maybe when the movie ends she she gets up from wherever she is and she knocks the woman out and then takes the baby <laughs> and, and leaves and runs away this it makes you think of like i like it i like your hope Lucas. absolutely She's gone. <laughs> She's a daughter. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to yeah. say while I was watching this too, for my metalheads out there, uh, one of my all-time favorite bands is the Black Dahlia Murder, uh, death metal uh, from Detroit too. They're Detroit yeah. boys, so you know, somehow you're out there. You ever hear this? Anybody's got a connection knows the Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, they have a song off of their. It's the album Nightbringers. The song is called Matriarch. Uh, and I know it's death metal, so to most people, it's just rah, rah, rah. But if you look up the lyrics, it's almost the plot of this movie. Uh, it's a, the lyrics of Matriarch are about a woman who can't have a baby, uh, and she goes and is going to cut a baby out of somebody. Um, and it's, there's different details, but I was like, it's immensely similar to the plot of this movie. <laughs> so I was digging through interviews with their lead singer and lyricist, and I was trying to find info. Like, is he, I know he's a horror movie guy. Is he a fan of this movie? But I didn't find any specific reference to Inside. Um, okay. But he did say it was inspired by real crimes. Uh, so there are real things that have happened in the world similar to this movie when you look it up. Oh, and yeah. It's, horribly shocking um for my true crime people oh yeah but there you go black dahlia murder bringing the metal uh <laughs> look up the song matriarch if you guys are so inclined uh and have some fun it's death metal get into it i have one last little letterboxd review from stefan wenberg that i appreciated he said um okay i got this from a list of christmas movie recommendations i think i better <laughs> go back to doing love actually tomorrow <laughs> fantastic boring, fantastic boring. watch inside that's right don't be a pussy i was talking about horror on my family and my when my uncle pops over and stuff and i'm like he's like oh i'm so excited to watch love actually in those love movies i'm like oh i'm so excited to watch like you know wrong turn and scream <laughs> <laughs> hashtag inside for christmas that's right inside I love christmas. it Especially this year, stay inside. That's it, Christmas. and watch inside. Stay inside and watch inside. <laughs> it was it was very fitting. It was very fitting. For Fantastic. So, out of how many giant pairs of scissors, five being the best and zero being the worst, how many giant scissors do you give this? Four. Give it a fucking four. Yeah, I think I might have to give it a four too. Yeah, only the one, but only because it didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't understand everything because of the because it was in different language, but it was very good, and I did Absolutely. enjoy it. Absolutely, this was a great. This is another one of those movies. I've said it before. This would be one that I would in better, you know, conditions in the world. I would have loved to have caught this in the theater, you know, like like a midnight showing when they replay these cool, you know, horror movies. Uh, this would have been perfect to sit there with an audience and just, you know, dig it. Oh yeah, there'd be some gasps. For yeah, sure. that would have been a lot of fun. And maybe some people walking out. <laughs> there'll be there'll be people leaving. They'd be like, I can't, I can't cope with this. I love those movies. It's too much. <laughs> I'd give it a, a solid four too. 
I, cool. It, you know, every time I watch it, it's still pretty good. The the last act continually I dislike, um, but the the first two acts I think are just so good. So yeah, good. it just has so much to like. You know, yeah. I was very upset when she killed the cat because I was like, "You oh, bitch!" But I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like that but, either. But I did like the toaster hitting scene when they were like, <laughs> really close. Like, yeah, she that, that was like, she got like, didn't she have like, the, the gun or something to her? And then she and then she's really like, toaster. toaster. I was like, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Well, good times. Let's move on over. All right. Take a trip to Cherry Falls. It's Cherry Falls, man. So the tagline to this movie is, lose your innocence or lose your life. <laughs> <laughs> and so the synopsis is, Cherry Falls is a quiet little town until the night that a serial killer begins preying on its youth. After a third teen is found slain, the killer's modus operandi emerges. The victims are all virgins. Sheriff... Markin is concerned for the safety of the teens in general, and in particular, his own daughter, Jody, who is still a virgin. That's right. This, what? <laughs> All right, so again, stocking full of spoilers. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, the first thing I just have to say is I found it so incredibly problematic. Not that Jay Moore was in drag. I thought I was going to have an issue with that because I, I called him being the killer like two seconds after I met him. Mm -hmm. But the end is so problematic that after Jay Moore is killed, Brittany Murphy and her mother keep the secret of her rapist father. Yeah. Oh my to God. Themselves. I was that's like, how, the, the, no, you don't keep the secret of the rapists. That's, that, that <laughs> I thought was like, what the fuck? Like seeing this in yeah. this era. Um, yes. I mean, it's yeah. 10 years, uh, wait, it's 20 years old, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. But I just like, I, that I was so angry when we got to that moment, like the rest of it, I'm like, it's a silly slasher. It's not as good as scream. I feel like it's trying to be scream yes. with the big party with all the kids. It's definitely a scream with, clone. It is a hundred percent the screamiest scream clone. I do believe like the chase scene with her, like with Brittany Murphy, like, you know, uh, halfway through where she gets chased around the school is so much like the Sydney getting chased around her house scene. Like there's so much about it that felt so much like Scream, the history from the past, you know, all of that. But when we got to that end, I was just so pissed off. I was so angry. The rest of it, I really wish I could have seen an uncut version because I think some of those deaths could have been fun, especially the girl getting her head slammed in the door. I love that was probably my favorite of them. They use that slow motion that I hate so much, which is like choppy slow motion as opposed to literally just slowing down the film which i enjoy very much mm -hmm. and yeah i guess Brittany murphy let me say first and foremost i love her i love her i've always found her very enjoyable i felt like she was just stoned this whole movie <laughs> <laughs> which i think gave her like performance some kind of chart because this was a movie i was like normally they would have plugged in some a safer actor to play that role, but they went with Brittany Murphy, who has always been a very, like, she's a very distinct and particular presence whenever she's in something. Uh, and, and I saw some reviews on Letterboxd too that were like, yeah, she does carry herself with just such a, just enough quirkiness, just enough like weirdness that you can't take your eyes off of her in this movie. Like she just is 
constantly interesting, even when she's doing nothing, uh, even, you know, clearly like stoned or something. I don't know. Like it's a little all over the place. Like, uh, she veered into some weird, like with her dad, like, Oh daddy, like this is kind of creepy. Let's talk about that because they have a very disturbing relationship. Yes. (laughs) Like when they're wrestling around, when he comes to her bed and is like, can you move a little faster? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is a little, this is a little yeah. creepy, you know? It's this is so very, uh, weird. And then when you find out that he's a rapist, yeah. I mean, the fact that his friends like kind of quasi forced him doesn't make it any better. No. There's no excuse. And I like, I do want to say in that moment watching this, because I have not seen this movie since like literally when it came out. I was a teenager. I was in high school. I was almost the same age as the characters are supposed to be when this was out and I saw it and was like, oh, this is a fun movie. I, you know, I remembered enjoying it. Uh, and I think time just makes you, of course, and where we're at in the world, understanding things more. But I did like that the movie had the balls uh, to be like this hero character. No, he's not a hero. And, he's, and he flat out admits it like in the plot. And it challenges you. Uh, I like when a movie challenges you in that way, where you're like, I have these preconceived notions built up of this character. And nope, he's a fucking asshole. Now, yeah, yeah, he's an asshole. And then he got killed. And off. he's and then dead. You're like, and you're, yeah, like, you're like, like, but deal with the repercussions of this. Like, I like that, you know, yeah. real life is messy. And they, they went in a messy place with this. However, that ending where they're just like, we're not going to tell anybody that he, we're that this was his anyone. son that was killing, you know, <laughs> likely it was his son that was killing people. And hey, you remember that story of that girl 25 years ago when she said those four guys raped her? She actually wasn't lying to the, to the town. Yeah. She was telling the truth. Yeah. And it was the principal and the sheriff. These were the people who were the rapists. Like, they're just the ending could have, like, taken it. Because I did appreciate that he admitted to it. He doesn't try to say, well, it wasn't really my fault, you know? Like, yeah. he starts there, but he ultimately takes responsibility. And then he gets killed. And I was like, good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that ending. I, I did want to say, too, uh, watching this and having in intervening years become very familiar with dress to kill uh the the whole jay moore character i was like this is like a a, like a dime store version of dress to kill that's what this is reminding me of uh of course there's the psycho connection because that you know dress to kill and then this movie are both aping psycho norman bates but uh this felt more like they were leaning into uh you know the michael kane dress to kill thing so if this is like Psycho, is Jesse Bradford like Janet Lee? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesse Bradford is the um, Andrew Dickinson slash Janet Lee of Cherry mm-hmm. Falls. <laughs> That's it. I was like, oh, Jesse Bradford, so dreamy, so nineties. This movie is very much overshadowed in my brain by a, a, a spe- specific event. Watching this, so like I said, you know, this was on USA. It was on TV. Um, I'm a teenager, you know, discover it. And it's like, oh, this is a cool, like, horror movie. It was fun. And uh, my buddy James, James, what up? We were, it had to be, it was over the summer. I did some research because I have a historical event that could help me pinpoint this. Mm. Uh, It was over the summer. Uh, It would have been in August, Uh, you know, summer vacation. We were in high school. uh, And I was over at his house. His parents were, you know, probably working for the day or whatever. So it was just us hanging out. And we were watching this movie on, dvd or tv or whatever it was on we're like oh cherry falls is cool let's watch that and we're watching and some tense like you know thing is happening and then the power goes out just like in a blink powers out and we're like oh fuck like somebody's gonna kill us that's what's happening (laughs) right now um but so i go you know 
I, I go home, uh, ride my bike or whatever. He lived in the next neighborhood over from me. And I get to my house, power's out at my house. Uh, and then my mom came home and she was like at the store or something. Uh, and she was like, I was at Target and the power went out in Target. And we're like, what is going on? And that was the big, was it 2000? I think it was like 2004. There was a huge blackout that hit. It was like Michigan, New York State, Ohio, part of Canada. Uh, And power was just out because a grid failed for like days. And that's how I was able to figure out. I was like, that's when that was. Because I can look (laughs) up the the blackout of 2004 uh, and be like, oh, okay. There was one other really problematic issue with this movie. And that's Brittany Murphy's hair. It is so bad. (laughs) Like, I'm like, is it messy? Are her bangs, is she Courtney Cox in Scream 3? Like, what's happening here? Did they not cut it right? Did they hack into the hair a bit too much? And this movie had to have been made right around Girl um, yeah, Girl Interrupted because her hair is somewhat similar. Yeah. And she is somewhat similar because after this movie, when Don't Say a Word came out with Michael Douglas, you didn't even recognize Brittany Murphy. She'd lost a good 20 pounds. And she's mm-hmm. not even big in this movie. She's not overweight at all. But she lost so much weight. She became what I not very nicely referred to as crack whore Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um, and you just didn't even recognize her, but this was sort of that last era where she looked like she did in Clueless with like and a little meat on her bones. This era too, I like, I was totally about Brittany Murphy. Like ah. for sure, absolutely. Yes. Big crush. Um, yeah, and I feel like they were going like for a little bit of an, al- they were keying into that alternative rock, I think thing that was going. Cause like, absolutely. When I was in high school, I'm sitting there like, oh, my favorite band was Weezer then and you know uh the smashing pumpkins and definitely kind of the gothy emo uh alternative rock thing that was happening and like yeah this movie's trying to lean into that because that was big with uh, the hipster teenagers at the time so lucas i know you love this movie i do like this movie what is it that you love so much about it I it's just it's this because it's slasher i just think it's fun and i did like britney murphy in it i thought she was she again she was intriguing to watch you know and i like seeing gabriel mann in it because i'm a big fan of revenge and it was fun to see him in it again like what you said there is some problematic moments like with the end and stuff but i did like like the chase scene and like the like like the the grit like the gritty like all the characters just felt like like said alt they were all like alt yeah. rock emo vibe and i did like that as well i think this movie is one of the better scream like ripoffs yeah i think it's a good i think it's a decent slide i did like the kill i did like the killer's outfit and i did it was it was called cool have like a what's the right word to say like cross dresser killer and i did like i did like the outfit but you're like how are you running in those heels dude come on <laughs> it was i can understand why jay moore's character dressed up as the woman in the beginning because he wanted them to like think that she had come back and she was seeking revenge. But I feel like once the dad and Brittany Murphy find out about it, it's so weird that he, cause he's not in drag, like when they're like in the basement or he mm-hmm. was like, gets out of it or something. But then when he chases after her outside, he had taken the time to get back into drag. <laughs> yeah. It also at the end when he dies and falls and is impaled, and that cop just has like that scene though when he goes in the house and he's like, "What? What is it? What, what did he say?" I'm class dismissed. Class dismissed. That's the one. But yeah, that that cop at the end when he's still alive, the last jump scare, like he's not quite dead, and he grabs the guy. But that cop just has the two big ass guns and just blows him away. I'm like, that was ridiculous. I laughed so hard. It was unintentionally and hilarious. When he's falling on that big on the, on the big yeah. spike. 
Yeah, it's just, it's, and his hand comes off. And his, and his hand, hand is stuck <laughs> to that person's head. I was like, okay, this was, I don't think they wanted this to be that funny, but I was well, like, that's the other thing. I feel I like it so didn't hard. know what it wanted to be. And I wish it would have gone no. hardcore in one direction or another. Like, I read that the script is supposed to be funny. Like, the written script, the original script is meant to be like a parody of slasher movies. But the director, Jeffrey Wright, but the director was like hardcore into the idea that this is going to be like violent and crazy and brutal. So I think there was a clash of tones and the producers wanted something, you know, in between. So they were all just, they were all just tugging at this one film. Because like it yeah. did have those dark moments. So it was kind of like dark and then it kind of went like, like funny. So yeah, I, don't, I think they, they, they couldn't find a good underlay. No, and also what I found out too is that Everything was much more violent. Like they had a lot more gore scenes and nudity and stuff, but a lot of that got cut. Uh, part of why this was then released in the US as a, uh, a TV film was whoever produced this, that company like went under or got bought out by another production company and then sold it to uh, USA Films, which was a brand new uh, production banner. Uh, and there was a bunch of shit going on in the Senate uh, about violence and media because this is post this is right, right after, after Columbine yeah. happens that's why screen got cut down as well in it because it was 2000 came out 2000 didn't it the first screen came out in 96 screen yeah. three sorry yeah screen three and like yeah well, they came out 2000 didn't it yeah screen came out the year i was born 96 i'm, oh I'm a baby god yo baby I, yeah i was born in 86 so i feel proud though because 96 was uh there was a, that was kind of like a not a very good time for horror like i've seen i i, I google like 96 horror movies and there was a lot i can't remember off the top of my head but there was some that I was just like, there were like sequels and, you know, sequels are like sometimes. So I was like, I'm proud that I'm, my favorite movie in the same year I was born. That is really there you cool. Go. What about you guys? What was, what was the movie that came out the year you were born? I'm doing like a little question, question podcast now. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, 1986 movies. Oh shit, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. Yeah, The Fly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. I love that one. Aliens. Oh my God, Rawhead Rex came out the year I was born. That movie, scared, it is stupid uh, and ridiculous, but it scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a Clive Barker oh, okay. where it was like one of the, his earliest things to be adapted into a movie and it went so poorly that he's like, I have to direct the next adaptation. That's how Hellraiser came into being. Because uh, Rawhead Rex, it's just a rubber monster killing people and it looks cheap and absurd. But I saw it on TV as a kid and was like, that's the scariest monster that's ever been created. Uh, and this movie terrifies me. My movies, because I'm born in <clears throat> 1979, Whoa! are The Amityville Horror, oh. Salem's Lot, Tourist Trap, which I know you've made Sarah watch before. <laughs> I did make her watch that. I love that movie. That movie is, I think that movie is probably one of my favorites as well. Like it's not, not really, like, really gory, but it's, it's kind of oh, creepy. Yeah. And I like that the supernatural so element. It worked with the movie, the supernatural, because at the beginning when they were all moving and like, it goes into the, into the gas station, you call it, and we call it petrol station, but I'm so uh, down <laughs> with the American lingo. I say gas station a lot. So it goes in there and then they're moving and it's kind of weird. And the scene when he's doing the, the, the paste over the girl's face is really, and he's talking and he's like, your world, your world is dark. You will never see it. I think it's really cool. And you're like, yeah, really it is I'm creepy. Like, you know this really good film. And I only watched that, I've watched that, I think I watched that three times maybe. And I, that was the first time was the beginning of the year. And I was like, I have to watch this again. 
and then I watched it again a couple as a couple of weeks ago. It's probably been a few months now, but three times I watched that this year because I really enjoyed I, I, it's, it's time for a rewatch on my end. It's been a long time. And Jeremy, our connection also in 1979 was Alien. Oh, Alien and Aliens. Yeah, that's cool. crazy. Um, so, yeah, that is and neat. then The Brood and When a Stranger Calls. Those are all good. You got some good yeah. ones, man. But yeah. But you know what? Cherry Falls. <laughs> I bring it I back think around. That they would really benefit from a good remake of this. <laughs> Me too. I think this movie would be a fantastic remake. Love the idea of it. I wanted it to go harder in both directions. I think it can be all those things. I think it can be hilarious and satirical and poke a lot of fun and have some great jokes and it can be really brutal and violent and scary like i think it can be all of those things and i just wanted it to go there and it never did and i do think though that this movie is ripe i know it's had a cult following ever since it came out which i think is mostly deserved i think there's some stuff going on here that this movie is worth a watch and worth some conversations especially in the me too era I think this movie is ripe for reinvestigation. As we were just talking about, there's the problematic ending, um, but does that? But there's also some other elements that are like, wow, this reads so well uh, the way things are, and we're understanding things like the reveal. With like we said, the original reveal of the sheriff being like, no, I, you know, admitting what he did. This movie is good for some more critical analysis. I think like right now, like this is a perfect movie to grab, uh, and you know, any more high-minded. Uh, uh, academic leaning horror nerds out there like you could use this for some interesting uh gender theory studies and things of that nature yep and for whatever reason i kept seeing uh a musical version not like a movie musical but like a staged version like how there's like heather's the musical mean girls i could just see cherry falls the musical <laughs> i could just see that it. would be i think you're on i, know, I think i'm gonna have to write it we might have to start developing this <laughs> Because you could like up the the sort of heightened reality of things. And I think that there's some mm -hmm. like opportunity for some really fun music numbers in there. There's so many different fun little characters. I just, I think, I think there's something there and I think it's got to happen. The kid for the school paper <laughs> is my favorite character in this movie. Like he was so... I feel like he went a little too soon though, you know, kind of like, I feel like you were just getting to know him maybe a little bit. Yeah. And then he was, like, he, he, then he was stuffed in the locker. Yeah, he stole the show when he shows up. I was like, this guy's fucking cool. Like, I want more. But you know, I would rather watch Urban Legend or I Know What You Did Last Summer any day over this again. Yeah. Oh, no. Do like, I do like those movies too, but I think I have to go with it. It's a hard one now because I like all those movies. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tally them all. I can't build them into, into a list. So, Brandy Joe, out of five you know, virgins. Virgin cherries. Virgin virgin cherries. How many do you give this? Um, I'm going to give it a two. Mm, tough crowd. <laughs> I thought about going a little harder, but it just, that end just makes me so, I can't justify the, the decent idea for a movie to versus what it actually, what is in front of me and what I watched. It wasn't painful, but it, I just... I couldn't go any higher. What about you guys? What would you rate it out of five? I give it a three, solid three. Um, Cause I do think it's a fun movie. It's a, it, it's a, it, considering the amount of drama and problems it had in production. Uh, I think it's, it's amazing that they have such a coherent uh, 
movie because it, for its tonal issues and script issues, it's still pretty coherent and still, you know, pretty straightforward story. So I give it that. And again, uh, let it be known. Let the record show. I hate that ending. I have the same issues with the very end that you do. Uh, however, I do think the movie makes for a great conversation piece uh, in the world. So I think watch it and talk about it. And it's like one of those things where like in a, like in a classroom or something like watch the movie, then discuss afterwards, <laughs> like what you got from the movie. Like, I think this is a perfect movie for that, uh, this era and conversation. And Lucas, what do you rate it? I'm going to give it four virgin cherries because I do like, I do like the flip of it being like, um, instead of like horny teenagers getting killed is it's virgins and you have to lose your virginity because you haven't, haven't seen that in horror before. So I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> it is clever indeed, but I'm glad I can mark it off my list. My cherry has been popped. I also, I just have to say in mm -hmm. that regard, it was called the pop your cherry ball. I just think that there's mm -hmm. a, a cle more clever title for that party. I don't know what it is. The cherry pop. We can, we can work that okay. into the musical. Because you may have to, you're going to have to revisit this movie if we make a it's musical. True. So, you it's know, true. Just keep that in mind. Not taking notes, no. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm glad we watched it. And Lucas, it was so fun to have you on. How can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm back on Facebook now. I've got my page back on. Um, and YouTube. My three, three main ones at Lego Horror Videos. All one word, right? All one word. Awesome. Fantastic. What do you got? You're cooking up another season of uh, Killer Clown, right? That's that's what we got coming? I'm currently like working on it. I've written about, I say I've written the first episode fully and then there's elements of the second. I'm still like, I'm still working up the cast and the characters and what's going to happen, how to bring everyone back. And I'm, I was kind of bouncing off the ideas with, uh, with Mary who plays Lucy because uh, she writes a bit as well. So um we were just talking, I was talking about how I could bring a character back and she came up with something cool. So trying to work out like now, I have to like give us some writing credit into that episode now. So, uh, so yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be like an eight episode thing and get all you guys back in it as well. That'd be well, fantastic. Cannot wait to see what you do next. <laughs> it's such a joy to have you on and love following your work and keep it up. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right, well, well, we will not be back next week. We're going to take a week off for the holidays. So everyone have a Merry Christmas. Hope you had a happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever happy, holiday. Happy New Year. We'll be back in the new year, we ideally. Will. And we're going to have some, some news, some big news. So check back with us on Friday, January 1st. And until then, keep watching some horror movies. Do it! Keep it spooky. Get and stay weird. Creepy. Stay weird, people. And thank you so much for checking us out, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.